الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم واتبع مله ابراهيم حنيفا واتخذ الله ابراهيم خليلا صدق الله العظيم most respected students of deen brothers and sisters these mubarak days are filled with the remembrance of sayyidina ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam and his sacrifices and the sacrifices of his family and indeed these reminders are meant to be constantly discussed these reminders are meant to be taken deep down in our hearts and lives and that is the reason that this qurbani also is given to us that we will remember what the background is and what is the lesson to take from it and we too will inculcate in our hearts and lives that spirit of qurbani Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam his life has been highlighted in the Quran Sharif many many places and especially Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam is that nabi of Allah tbarak wa taala that many of the aspects of his mubarak life have been kept alive as a reminder for in this ummah the aspects of hajj many of them take us back to the sacrifices of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam and his family the sa'i that is performed during hajj that is a reminder of hazra hajra radiyallahu anha her running the rami and the stoning of the jamarat this is also got a background that takes us back to the sacrifices of ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam and his chasing shaitan away so all these are the lessons that we get from the life of ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam So in the ayat of the Quran Sharif Allah Taala has given us many many directives and in one ayat of the Quran Sharif which was recited just now Allah Taala says waman as waman ahsanu dinan mimman aslama wajhahu lillah that who can be better in his deen than the person who has submitted himself to Allah Taala aslama wajhahu lillah he has totally submitted himself to Allah Taala and wa huwa muhsinun and he is doing what is correct what are the righteous actions so firstly Allah Taala is saying that who can be better in his deen than the person who has submitted himself to Allah Taala mimman aslama wajhahu lillah What does this refer to? This refers to ikhlas. It refers to doing everything and whatever a person is doing with utmost sincerity. That there is no ulterior motive. There is nothing that is tainted in it with any other objective, but it is solely for the pleasure of Allah Taala. 
Now this is the first aspect that is being mentioned here. The aspect of ikhlas is what is referred to mimman aslama wajhahu lillah. And the second thing that wahuwa muhsinun wahuwa muhsinun that he is somebody that is doing what is correct. He is not doing something that is wrong. So there are two things that have been highlighted here. One is ikhlas and the second is that what he is doing is correct. He is not doing something incorrect. And then the third thing that is mentioned is وَاتَّبَعَ مِلَّةَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ Hanifa. And he is following the way of Ibrahim which is the way that the way of ikhlas and the way of doing the correct actions. So there is a very very important principle that is being highlighted for us here that Ibrahim this was his way and since this was his way Allah Ta'ala further says وَاتَّخَذَ اللَّهُ إِبْرَاهِيمَ خَلِيلًا Allah Ta'ala elevated Ibrahim to such a point that Allah Ta'ala made him his special friend, Khalil. This is a very very high level and bond which Ibrahim was blessed with. But what became the reason for this? Apparently this is the choice of Allah Ta'ala and Allah Ta'ala made him his special Nabi. But Allah Ta'ala is highlighting these qualities that while nobody can become a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala of his own accord, and after Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, there will be no Nabi. Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was the last and final Nabi of Allah Taala. Anybody who claims any nubuwat after Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he is a total imposter. He is a liar. If a person naozubillah claims to be a prophet, claims to be a Nabi, he will not even be asked naozubillah that what's your proof you are making this claim then where's your proof there is no proof the claim itself is completely falsehood and batil unfortunately these are all the deviated sects that are rearing their head in many parts of the world these things have happened in other countries and have happened in South Africa as well and things went quiet again now various things are beginning to start rearing their head and confusing people and deviating people and causing people to lose their iman among them is the Qadiani movement in some parts of the country they are beginning to start again put their poison out into people's hearts and minds and this is why we keep repeating this lesson and this point and message that we have to be very very careful about what we read, what we dis, uh, listen to, because what we read and what we listen to will affect our hearts and minds. If a person is not very well grounded in deen and in the knowledge of deen, person is not an expert of some level in the Quran and Sunnah, and the person is now beginning to read anything, any literature that comes around, and nowadays with all the WhatsApp and all the various other social media and everything is just flooding every person's phone. So we just keep reading anything and everything that comes around. But what is the outcome of this? That a person sometimes is reading something 
and gets affected by what he read and doesn't even realize he got affected. After a while, that influence of what he has read, what he has heard, starts playing out in various ways. It starts making up the one of the very crucial things that happens, very, very dangerous thing that happens, it starts making him first doubtful about elementary things. Now that doubt sets in. Now first he is not denying anything, he is not rejecting anything, but he is doubting his fundamental beliefs to a point. There is some waswasa that is now creeping in over and over again and he is feeling unsettled about his own aqaid and beliefs. Now that is the door already opened for shaitan. That the person now is unsettled in his own fundamental beliefs. So now, repeatedly different thoughts will be whispered by shaitan. And if the person doesn't have thorough knowledge, he doesn't have the deeper understanding of things. So now that doubt starts growing. And Allah forbid people have lost their iman in this way. So what we are talking about here is that if a person... Na'uzubillah claims to be a prophet, he won't even be asked about what's your proof, because there is no proof. There is no way, it's like a person during the day, he's saying, no, it's night. If somebody says, okay, prove it, it's night. It's 12 o'clock in the day, the sun is shining brightly, and somebody says, no, it's day, it's night now. So if somebody else asks him for the proof, what will you say about the person asking for the proof? The person making the claim that is night, he is also completely gone. And the person asking him for the proof, that person do something wrong with him. Do you ask somebody for the proof that prove it it's night now when he can see the sun is shining at 12 o'clock in the afternoon? So even the person asking for proof, there's something wrong with him also. So likewise, na'uzubillah, if somebody makes a claim to prophethood, so after Rasulullah the doors of Nubuwat have been closed. And now anybody makes such a claim, to even ask him for his proof is totally falsehood. He won't even be asked for any proof. It's totally rejected. So in any case, this, this point came from the lesson that we were discussing, that Ibrahim wasalam, Allah Ta'ala chose him, and Allah Ta'ala made him his khalil, and gave him a very, very high rank. But what brought him to this rank? So essentially, it is the choice of Allah Ta'ala, that Allah Ta'ala made him a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala gave him this elevated rank of among all the Anbiya, he was given this rank of being the Khalil of Allah Ta'ala, the very special friend of Allah Ta'ala. Nobody can become a Nabi, that door is closed, but there were special qualities in the life of Ibrahim that took him to this elevated position. And anybody who adopts these qualities, they too will become the friends of Allah Ta'ala. Nobody can become a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala now, but they will also become the special friends of Allah Ta'ala. Obviously the difference in rank will be worlds apart, but they too would enjoy this friendship and this bond with Allah Ta'ala. So the essential things that Ibrahim had in his life, that took him to this elevated position, that made him the very special friend of Allah Ta'ala, in this ayat Allah Ta'ala mentions two aspects. One is ikhlas. That everything only for Allah Ta'ala. And totally submitting himself to Allah Ta'ala. وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ دِينًا مِمَّنْ أَسْلَمَ وَجْهَهُ لِلَّهِ That who can be better in his deen than the one who totally submits to Allah Ta'ala. 
Now this Islam, Islam is the submission, completely submitting oneself to Allah Ta'ala. In our day-to-day lives, this is the thing now we need to reflect on. MashaAllah, we are learning in Madrasa all the time about aspects of Islamic history, some aspects about Tafsir maybe, some Hadith Sharif, various other lessons that we keep learning. But the issue is that how much of it do we reflect upon and apply to ourselves or reflect upon in the light of what is our own condition. So here the issue is that Ibrahim wasalam, Allah Ta'ala is saying that he became the special friend of Allah Ta'ala. What was in his life? This complete submission. Submission in every level. Submission in niyat also, in sincerity, that everything for Allah Ta'ala alone, and submission in action as well. Now just to take one incident from his life, that to what extent he had submitted himself entirely to Allah Ta'ala. Ibrahim wasalam, gave dawah to his people and he explained to them the evil of idol worship and what a farce this is, what a deception this is. The incidents are well known to us. Ibrahim wasalam, was invited by his entire community that they are all going out on some, there's some occasion, there's some thing happening. There was some kind of fair, whatever it is. Like in this time and age also, a lot of fairs keep taking place. But all these fairs, as we mentioned many times before, these fairs are actually, it's not a fair, but it's very unfair. They call it fair. But as far as our deen is concerned, and what we do to our deen, is very unfair. People go to attend the fair, but they get caught up in so many sins. Now, is that fair to our deen or is it unfair? Is it fair to ourselves in terms of our relationship to Allah Ta'ala or is it unfair? Is it fair to Rasulullah Sallallahu for all the hardships that he undertook to get deen to us? Is it fair to the Sahaba Ikram for the sacrifices they made for having laid down their lives so that deen could reach us? Is it fair to all the pious people of the different eras who took so much of pain to preserve deen to pass on deen and to bring this deen to us finally is it fair to all of them for all the difficulties and hardships they took so that this deen could reach us in its pristine purity we say but there is a fair on I got to be there but how unfair sometimes this is and how far away it takes us from Allah wa ta'ala. so we should just bear this in mind next time that we think of going to a fair that is, am I doing something that is fair or unfair? And we'll realize 99% of the time that these things are really unfair. It's unfair in so many ways. Any case, Ibrahim wasalam, was also invited. He made an excuse. We know about the detail. He said, I, he made an excuse and didn't join them. When they were all gone, he decided to now teach them a lesson in a very practical way. So he went into this place where they had all the idols kept and he took an axe and he chopped the heads of all the idols. Then there was one big fellow sitting in one corner there. So he took that axe and he hung it around the neck of that big idol. These people came back 
after their merry making. Now when they come, probably they came straight to this place of idol worship of theirs and they got a shock. They see all these idols are lying with their heads chopped off. And this one idol, this axe is hanging on the head of this one idol. Now they want to know what's going on here, who did this. So they ask one another, who's the culprit here? So the only person that was behind was Ibrahim And some people said that we even heard him previously speaking about the idols in a negative way. So it can only be him. It must be his job. So they called for him. And they asked him that Ibrahim obviously they just addressed him by his name. Did you chop the heads of these idols? Did you do this? So now Ibrahim gave them a reply which is not a lie in any way because a lie is something that can deceive a person. But something that is absolutely clear that this cannot be. For example now somebody tells you that you know it's uh, night time now, I'm going to sleep. So now you'll say, no, the person is lying now. It's not night. It's obvious it's not night. So he can't be lying about something that's... He's now saying something that's giving a different meaning maybe. But you don't call that a lie. That Now you're going to get the sin of lying because it's not night now. It's obvious. It's 12 o'clock in the day. The sun is shining. And he's telling you, no, it's night now. So he's just saying something. Or he might be saying something which has some other deeper meaning in it to think about what he's really saying. So Ibrahim said to them something to open their minds to think about it. So when they asked him, did you do this? He said, بَلْفَعَلَهُ كَبِيرُهُمْ هَذَا فَاسْأَلُوهُمْ إِنْ كَانُوا يَنْتِقُونَ And you see this big idol, this axe is hanging around his neck. So he must be the culprit. So ask him. If he can answer you, he'll give you the answer. Now it's obvious that idol can't talk. It's obvious that idol can't do anything. That idol can't, it's lifeless. It is totally stupidity to even think that this idol can do anything. Now that was the stupidity that Ibrahim was trying to make them aware of. That if this idol cannot defend itself from getting broken, and that big fellow can't kill these idols or break them, that big fellow is also just hopeless and helpless, and is totally useless, he can do nothing for himself then what has happened to the stupidity? How can you be so stupid and foolish? What has happened to your brains that you are now worshipping these idols? How can you worship something lifeless? How can you worship these stones? So in order to make them think now that we are worshipping these stones, they can't even talk. They can't even do anything. They can't defend themselves. They can't hurt anybody and they cannot save themselves from getting hurt. So is this something worthy of worship? Na'uzubillah. So this was the point that he was trying to make them understand. And therefore, he said to them, look, you talk to this big fellow, ask him. Maybe he can tell you. So now they kept quiet. Then they started discussing among, among themselves. ثُمَّ نُكِسُ عَلَىٰ رُؤُسِهِمْ لَقَدْ عَلِبْتَ مَاهَا أُولَىٰ يَنْتِقُونَ And then they said, no, no, this obviously now, he's making us a fool. These things can't talk. So when these things can't talk, so now what are we going to ask them? And uh, it's obvious, these idols can't do anything. So now they said to Ibrahim that, uh, well, you know, these things don't talk. So how are we going to ask them? So now that they spelt it out themselves, they themselves 
acknowledge that what we are doing is stupid and foolish. So now he drove the point home. You want to now worship the things that you yourself make with your own hands? And uh, these things can't benefit you, can't harm you in any way? What is the problem with you? How can you ever think in this way? How can you ever worship something lifeless? Allah Ta'ala is the creator of everybody. Allah Ta'ala is the creator of everything. And Allah alone is worthy of worship. Now this was the complete submission that Ibrahim was teaching them. That submit to Allah Ta'ala alone. But now when a person has got zid, the person has got stubbornness, obstinacy, the person is not prepared to listen to the truth. The person is not prepared to understand what is the correct thing. The person is just bent on what is the wrong thing. Somebody explained what is right, the person refuses to understand. And this happens all the time, somewhere or the other, that the truth is sometimes as clear as daylight. But some person refuses to understand the truth. Some person just shuts his eyes off to the truth. He just shuts his ears off to listening to the truth. Now you can tell him a thousand times also, he just is not interested. When a person is not interested in listening to the truth, who is going to explain to him? When a person has shut his eyes off from looking at the truth, sealed his ears off from listening to the truth, so then what truth is going to go into that heart? But a person is, he is wanting to know what is the correct thing. He is eager to learn. He is eager to try and understand. And he accepts that I could be wrong. I got something in my mind. But maybe I am wrong. He's not starting off on a point of, I'm definitely right, you are wrong. Okay, now you can talk what you want to talk. Sometimes a person is discussing something. So he starts off on that note. I'm 100% right. You are definitely 100% wrong. But now since you want to say something, you can go ahead. Now that person, as soon as the next person starts talking, he's already working how to reject what the person is going to say. Because he made up his mind, I am right, this person is wrong. But a person who is ready to understand that, okay, maybe I am wrong, that he will see the truth. He will understand, inshallah. So in any case, Ibrahim Islam put this reality in front of them, but they were now too obstinate. And uh, what do they do now? They talk to one another and they say, you see, he humiliated your idols. He humiliated and disgraced your gods. Now you have to help your gods. One suru alihatakum in kuntum fa'ilin. You now help your gods. Can you imagine the height of stupidity and foolishness? They were worshipping these things. Now they suddenly are saying that no, we have to defend our gods. Something that they are worshipping, they are making it a deity, but that needs help. It needs help, it needs somebody to defend it. Can that ever be something worthy of worship? But that is the stupidity. And where does the stupidity come from? When a person just blocks his eyes from the truth, seals his ears from the truth, seals his heart from the truth, doesn't want to try and understand also, then the person starts doing stupid things. The person starts doing things that are on the height of foolishness. And the person becomes proud and arrogant the person becomes obstinate and stubborn and then the person plods the path of destruction. 
and Allah forbid that is a very dangerous direction to take of stubbornness, of obstinacy, of being rebellious, of just closing the eyes to the truth, closing the ears to the truth, not wanting to try and even give a hearing to the truth. What I am doing, that's right, and I will just do this. Now, sometimes these things happen with our parents, it happens with our teachers, it happens with people out. Anyway, these things happen, but pride and arrogance become a barrier. Now a person, when pride and arrogance become a barrier, and a person is not prepared to look beyond whatever he thinks is right, then it's very, very difficult. So in any case, Ibrahim Salaam, after he made it clear as daylight to them, that what you are doing is totally foolish. It's the height of stupidity. So now they went even more backwards. Now they are saying, Mansuru alihatakum. Now you must all get together and you must defend your, your God, gods. So now how to defend the gods? That this person who humiliated our gods, who disgraced our gods, now we have to finish him off. So now to finish him off, what do they do? So they decide to now throw him into a fire. Now just to think about it, to, they wanted to finish him off. The very easy thing was that they could have just taken a sword and done what they wanted to do. But when there's stupidity in the brains, then a person can't think that, well, this is a straightforward thing. Just get it done like this. They get blinded from even simple things of dunya. A person can't think correctly. So now they said, no, no, we must burn him. Burn him to death. Okay, maybe they felt burn him to death so that this might become like a more tortuous thing. It might create more torture. Allah Ta'ala's protection is with his Anbiya Ali Musalaam. But nevertheless, they wanted to do it this way. So if they wanted to burn him alive, the simple thing was that build on fire, a small fire, and hold him into the fire. They decided, no, it must be a very big fire. Now they want to burn one person, but it must be a very big fire. Now they built such a big fire that they couldn't even themselves go close to now because they want to put him into the fire. But to go and put him into the fire, they have to, somebody has to carry him and take him through. But that heat of the fire is so intense that they can't get close. Now when they can't get close, how are they going to put him inside? So shaitan came and whispered in their ear that what you do, need to do is build a catapult. And then put him into the catapult and like a sling, big sling, huge catapult and then throw him into the fire with the catapult. So now they got very excited about this, that this is how we are going to do it. So they built this catapult or they brought it from wherever and now they put Ibrahim wasalam, in that catapult and now they shot him in. So now what happens with that catapult is first a person goes high up because of the force of that and then he falls down at the far spot. So now this was all timed that now he will be shot from this point and he will go up into the air and then fall right into the fire. So Ibrahim wasalam, has been shot by this catapult. So now first he is thrown high up into the air. And now while he is airborne, and now he is going to fall into this fire. And the angels are also watching the scene of what is happening down on earth. And they know that this is a Khalil of Allah Ta'ala. And the Khalil of Allah Ta'ala has been shot into the air and he is going to now be falling into this fire. Jibreel is also observing this and he is shaken and he 
immediately asks Allah Ta'ala for permission that let me go and help Ibrahim Allah Ta'ala gives permission he comes in a moment as Ibrahim is now still airborne and now he's going to start falling in in that moment he's already there by Ibrahim to offer his help what is Ibrahim Islam's question now in that moment can you imagine a person is airborne and he's going to fall and Ibrahim Islam is asking questions still at that time, can a person maintain his presence of mind? Can he think carefully? Yes. Who thinks? That person whose heart is with Allah Ta'ala. That person who is connected very strongly to Allah Ta'ala. Then in every situation, he thinks of Allah Ta'ala. And even in the most trying circumstances, while physically he might be in any difficulty, but he doesn't lose his composure. He doesn't start, he's not overwhelmed and caught up in that situation in such a way that he can't think correctly anymore now. And he's making all kinds of silly decisions and doing things that are totally out of line, saying things out of line. Why? Because now I'm under too much of pressure and tension and stress and anxiety and whatever. So I can't think straight. No, the pressures that's we are human, we'll feel the pressure. It's not that a person won't feel the pressure. A person is insan, so the anxieties, concerns, worries, this is something that affects every human being. But that person whose heart is connected to Allah Ta'ala, so while the mind is under this pressure, but the heart is receiving this consolation from Allah Ta'ala, and the heart is receiving this help unseen help from Allah Ta'ala. And Ibrahim wasalam, he was on what level? So obviously with that connection with Allah Ta'ala his mind is still completely composed. His heart is still at total ease. And he asks a question that are you coming of your own accord or did Allah Ta'ala send you? Now he's asking Jibreel wasalam, Jibreel wasalam is offering help. Can I help you? I can save you from falling into this fire. Ibrahim's power was such and his speed was such when Yusuf was thrown from the top of the well into the well by his brothers. We know the story, we have heard it many times. Ibrahim at that time was in the seventh heaven and before Yusuf fell to the bottom of that well he was already there to receive him on his wings and place him gently onto that rock so that he doesn't get hurt in any way. Can we imagine now how deep is a well? Maybe 10 meters, 15 meters. How much more? As you throw one heavy object, 10 meters, it falls in a few seconds, it's already down. How long does it fall? take to fall 15, 20 meters? Hardly seconds. In seconds, it's already down. Jibreel was on the seventh heaven and in that split moment he was already there to receive him and save him from getting hurt in any way. So now he is presenting his help that I am ready here to assist you and help you from getting thrown into this fire and save you from this. Ibrahim salam's question that have you come on your own accord or has Allah Ta'ala sent you? In other words, you've come by the command of Allah Ta'ala. Ibrahim replies and says, Allah Ta'ala did not command me to come, but I took Allah Ta'ala's permission. 
In other words, it wasn't Allah Ta'ala's command, but I wanted to come, but I came with His permission. So now what became clear was that Allah Ta'ala hadn't commanded this. Ibrahim was on that level of Tawheed. And what he responds and says, that Amma ilayka fala. Look, if this is the case, that you've come on your own accord, though with Allah Ta'ala's permission, but it wasn't on the command of Allah Ta'ala, then I don't need your help also. Now, this is something which was on his level, a very, very high level of Tawheed. Now, this is not for every other person to behave at that level, because he cannot manage that, that he shuns the means. It's not for us to shun the means. We will use the means. But Ibrahim on that particular moment was on that level of Tawheed. He said, if Allah Ta'ala hasn't commanded you, then Amma ilayka fala. Allah Ta'ala is observing, Allah Ta'ala knows, Allah Ta'ala is aware of everything. And I submit my matter to Allah Ta'ala. So when he submitted himself to Allah Ta'ala in that kind of situation, what was the end result? And this is the lesson in all this. That there was total submission of a very high level. What was the end result? That something that burns, fire, fire burns. Allah Ta'ala took this capability of burning out of that fire. And Ibrahim now falls into that fire. But that fire becomes a garden for him. From the outside, from the outside it's still a fire. The people outside can't come in. They can't come close to it also. Inside the fire it has become a garden. Ulna ya narukuni salaman ala Ibrahim. Allah Ta'ala says we gave the instruction to the fire <coughs> to become cool and a place of peace for Ibrahim Now, what was this cool and place of peace? This was the result of the total submission. Complete submission to Allah Ta'ala. And this became this condition that he now became in a condition of total peace and serenity inside a fire. Now, this is the lesson that we need to take. We are all the time faced by kinds of various fires in our lives. All kinds of fires. Domestic fires, social fires, financial fires. Uh, all kinds of situations come about. But in all these situations, a person who submits to Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala blesses that heart with coolness and peace. The person is insan, he feels some kind of anxiety, some worry, some stress, some pressure. That happens to everybody. But in that, his heart will suddenly then turn to the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. In that, his heart will focus towards the rewards of sabr. In that, his heart will focus towards the great blessings that will come on the day of Qiyamah for remaining steadfast on deen, for not saying the wrong things, for not doing something for the wrong motives. What Allah Ta'ala will bless a person for staying steadfast on ikhlas and the righteous actions. Now when this, the mind focuses in this direction, the heart feels that coolness, the heart feels that consolation, the heart feels that well, no, I am not in a situation of desperation. Inshallah, everything will work out for me. As a result, the person now can move ahead. 
So this is the point and this is the lesson that we need to learn from this. Total submission to Allah Ta'ala and the total submission to Allah Ta'ala brings all these kinds of tremendous benefits in dunya already. What it will bring for us in the akhirat is beyond imagination. Now our submission on our level there are so many things that we need to now think about very carefully. One is our submission to Allah Ta'ala in terms of the basics of deen. Our salah. The time of salah has come. Where is my submission? Do I now immediately answer the call of the Muazzin? Well, obviously in our case, that now the time has set in. As soon as the time has set in, the first priority now is my salah. So do we now submit to Allah Ta'ala that now I must leave everything and first perform my salah? It is the other obligations of deen we submitting immediately. Then in terms of submitting to the commands of Allah Ta'ala, for example, a person is being tempted to look at something haram. So Allah Ta'ala's command is, say to the believing woman also to lower their gaze. وَقُلِّ الْمُؤْمِنَاتِ يَغْضُدُنَ مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِمْ Say to the believing woman to lower their gaze. So now let me submit myself to this command of Allah Ta'ala and lower my gaze, not to look at the haram. I want to say something that is wrong, to make ghibad, to humiliate somebody, to pass some sarcastic remark and comment, which is going to hurt somebody's feelings obviously, and all the other types of things that happen. But Allah Ta'ala says, Say to my believing servants, Say to my servants that they must say that which is best, which is the best things to say. They should not make any ghibat, they should not slander anybody, they should not call any kind of taklif to anyone. They should say that which will comfort others. So, you give this kind of, say to my servant that they should say that which is best. Now this person is submitting to that and not saying something that is sinful, that is harmful. Now in all these aspects of life, a person who keeps submitting, Initially, there will be this period of test. But when a person keeps submitting, Allah Ta'ala then opens the doors and that peace, that serenity, that tranquility in all the conditions of life also, a person enjoys that coolness and that comfort within the fires of dunya. Because this, this dunya is dunya. Dunya has its challenges. But the person still sails through smoothly. So this is the lesson that we need to learn. And this is the lesson that we get on these occasions, on the occasion of Qurbani, on the occasion of the days of Hajj, when we remember the sacrifice of Ibrahim salam, of his family, of their submission. This is what then we are supposed to bring into our lives. This is what we are supposed to now learn and implement. And inshallah we too will enjoy those benefits and bounties of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. May Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Allah Ta'ala accept each one's ibadat in these Mubarak days. We still have this little time left of these first 10 days of Zul Hijjah. We should try and maximize whatever we can do in terms of ibadat, tightest actions at night, whatever some ibadat we can make as well. May Allah Ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukur kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsithana an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Tazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu. ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم 
إنك أنت العز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وسابت معين والحمد لله